Welcome back to the Troubleshooting Life Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Peters, my co-host, Craig Poston, where we talk about various topics, sharing our experiences on life and finances. What's up, man? Not much, man. How you been? Ah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, and it's been a another, busy week. Yeah, 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 for both of us, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah who knew meetings were, uh, were more like training mentally than, uh-huh. uh, you know, just regular work? Like oh, it's, it's I, I did. Yeah. That's why I avoid them. <laughs> Honestly. Oh yeah. I'm, I wish I could. I wish I could. Yeah. I mean, I, I like meetings that, you know, end up becoming something, right. Or like something our actions are taken care of afterwards. If, yeah. if the meeting just leads to another meeting and then that meeting leads to another meeting, that's when I get pissed. Like, I'm just like, well, if I'm just having a meeting of meetings, then this solved nothing. Like no problem was solved. And I'm pretty sure more problems came up than anything. Yeah. Nope. That's why I avoid them. Uh, anytime I see someone's trying to create a meeting from a meeting, I was like, can we, I want to solve this, this meeting. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, uh, <laughs> can that other meeting be an email? Like, can I just send you something? Yeah. Email? yeah. No, no. We can have the meeting as I go to work, you know, yeah. something like that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. As you drive to work, that's work. So that time is charged. So yeah. it's so funny. So many people have uh, a lot of meetings, but communication still like they're, biggest weakness so yeah like yeah, that, that should be like a corporate thing man like i swear to god just or exactly what i said like stop having so many meetings if you're if your foundational communication is still broken yeah yeah no that that definitely makes a good point all right man like uh so uh yeah how's your your goals going it's going good man actually dude, this week since it's been so hectic at least for for, for me personally i haven't been doing it incredibly like like you know still hitting the gym as much as possible not i couldn't do it as, as long as i wanted to this week because we had meetings starting fairly early even though i'm always late um to everything but um fashionably late yeah fast, <laughs> hey man that's true i, I did show fashionable so i did meet the fashionably late standards but then yeah you know house still going good so on track to close and next week got my closing disclosure yesterday spoke with my lender also yesterday kind of going over some other strategies on future properties so just trying to get everything done as much as possible or or knock out some stuff how about you man yeah so uh for me yeah i guess i don't know about on track but i'm doing it i mean so i'm uh, my uh i'm just gonna read uh, this book like i said i was talking about last time it was uh uh, never split the difference. So I, hey, like I said, I heard, uh, you know, the audible of it, but I wanted to read it uh, personally, you know, it's like one of those things so I can instill some of those uh, methods in my mind. Mm. Uh, but besides that, uh, you might need to readjust some of my, my overall goals. Cause like, as, as the, you know, as time goes on, the year progresses, things change, but then I don't want to lose track. So I don't want to give myself excuses. So I'm gonna still come up with ways that I can finish my goals, mm. you know? You know, so, you know, making sure that I uh, stay on track. Remember, I, I was talking about my birthday resolution, make sure yeah. I can keep, keep hitting these goals. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of like where I am right now. So, mm. yeah, that's what's up. I see that your uh, aquarium hasn't gotten much love, though. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know. Right? <laughs> Super dirty. I'm glad we don't have a video. <laughs> right yeah, <now>. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like that was... thing off of Finding Nemo. Yeah. <laughs> So obviously you can see, yeah, things have slipped since uh, getting busy. And, yeah. and as we were talking about mentally draining, uh, yes, some of those things are mentally draining, even though I wasn't in meetings, it'll be like, 
troubleshooting, which we actually do. Yeah. You know, so like we troubleshoot uh, software, yeah. and sometimes it gets super tiring. My eyes get tired, uh, and then when I'm finally finally home, I gotta um, go do activities with the kids, and then finally get back, and then I'm just like, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, I'll, maybe I'll just have a drink. <laughs> like, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so again, I can still make time. I just have to push through it. Is this, uh, yeah. So now that you've like pointed out the elephant <laughs> <laughs> or the dirty tank in the room, there you go. <laughs> I'm accountability. Clean yeah, I'm cleaning it this weekend. See, thank you. See? Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny because uh, my girl, she wants to get like a, a fish tank or something yeah. like for, I don't know, for whatever reason, I guess. I don't know. When I told her, I was like, we got two cats. I was like, those cats are going to kill those fish. Like, I don't I don't know if that's true. I don't know. It, it, but, it's not true. They're not going to, they're not going to, they might actually start sitting by the tank because it's um, relaxing to them and because mm. uh, of the water and then mm. watching the fish. The same thing, same reason why we like it. I think that's why they like it. But yeah, the if unless your cat is very bold, he is not going oh, to do water. Dude. One of them, <laughs> she is incredibly bold. She'll ah yeah, she's crazy. She she'll do anything. But uh, I'm good. I'm just lazy. I don't want to deal with all that. Oh like, yeah, cats are easy to take care of. They they have a box, you know. They do all their stuff in there, and then they have a, a food and water. Yeah. I don't have to take them out like a dog. I don't have to, you know, groom them as often. You know, they're they're kind yeah. of self sufficient, which I like. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they definitely are. Dogs are, uh, yeah, because we have a dog too, and he is uh he he loves attention. And then anytime yeah. he sees you walk outside, he is like running to go grab his toy because he's like, all right, it's time to play. And then yeah. like, and if you ignore him, he will get between you and the door. And he's like, yeah. nope, you will pit me before you go in. <laughs> I'm going nowhere. Yeah. So. All right, man. So our topic this week is repairing credit. So this is yes, like, sir. yeah, the, the end of the, I guess, the, the credit talk, because uh, we had the the three different ones, uh, starting credit, maximize credit, and now it's down to the repairing credit. Yeah. Which was still all linked back to the, the other one, which was budgeting, right? Yeah. Learning yeah. how to budget. I, yeah. I mean, you know, all types of finances, they all circle back to each other at some point, right? There, yeah. There's still that one foundation, right? So even if you're trying to set up like an estate, right, or set up some trust, right, you have to be able to know what you can and cannot put in a trust or what you can assign to your estate. Yeah. Um, investing, right? All of it at the end of the day, you at least need to know what money you currently have, what is coming in or what's going out. So yeah. at least a very simple part of budgeting. But yeah, let's get into repairing credit right so it's definitely uh more realistic to say that people have at some point may have to repair their credit right because yeah. one if you're if you're not properly educated on how credit works then you could inadvertently just hurt your credit right if yeah. you don't know that you know opening a bunch of accounts can hurt your credit if you don't know that you know if you spend all your credit limit right that that can hurt your credit right so there's, there's so many things that can just damage your credit and you just may or may not know, right? So like one of the parts of like repairing your credit is really identifying where you're at, right? And, and kind of a, a assessing where that point is, right? So like, do you have a sub 700 credit score, which isn't incredibly bad, right? That's not uh, too bad. That's something recoverable from, right? But if you start going you know, lower into the 600s, lower into the 500s, and I actually, I met someone that they had their credit in the 400s, and 
I was like, I don't, I don't even think that was possible because honestly, the lowest credit score a person can have, and this is just starting, is a 350, right? Yeah. And that's that's the lowest. That is technically zero for is that a 300 or 350, but that yeah. is zero for a a credit score, right? So when I met someone in the 400s, I was just like, this is. It was confusing to me because I, I just didn't understand like how yeah, you they, would inadvertently do this. Yeah, well, they, they can mismanage uh, uh, their credit really bad, right? So say you don't have that many accounts and you already start uh, doing things like getting collections or mm. your very first car, you got a re- re- repossession, right? Mm. Uh, you, you know, you, you got to realize like those things, they, they damage really hard, right? So, and as we know, banks have their own way of like measuring that score mm. so it, whatever they don't like on that on um uh, on your credit and that's that's a ding against you mm. so and yeah so that lowers because i i just a lot of times just like a you know using credit karma i would look at the score and i know that the uh i, I already know in my mind the score is going to be lower once i get to either the bank or whoever right but yeah, I could have a 750 or a 780 or or 800. But by the time I get there, it's already reduced by like 30 points, right? Because yeah. how they how they look at things, how they measure things, because they're they're taking your income, they're taking your credit, they're taking the time or whatever, right? They they just taking all these different factors and then they put it together and then they say, okay, this is your score, right? Yeah, and then they're also taking like your your current debts and stuff, so they try yeah. to create that ratio for yeah. you. And- yeah, yeah, no, but like you know, so repairing credit though. So if you assess it right, and it really depends on each person's situation. Um, yeah. So say if you miss payments, right? You know, a, a good way to kind of get rid of those is if you've actually made your consistent payments and stuff since then, you could always call the creditor and ask them or write them a letter to, I guess, expunge or dispute those to remove those off your record. Right. It's not foolproof. It never really is. Right. But uh, it's at least letting them know that you care about your credit enough to to fight for it. Right. And that you're taking some steps to to repair, of course, your credit and and future stuff and then stuff like collections. Like I I had a I remember one time someone tried to send me a collection and I just didn't understand. I was like, what do you mean collections? And I don't know if you've ever been on the phone with collections people, but they can be very uh, not customer service. Like they were incredibly yeah, rude off the bat. Yeah. Cause it's, it's like they, they're using a scare tactic or because I mean, I call them scavengers because that's all mm. it is. They're picking up debt from another company and they're trying to collect on it. Right. So they're, they're, they're going to tack on their fees or whatever. And then they're going to try to, they're going to try to uh, scare you into paying something when you actually have control over whatever you'd want to do, right? Pay them or not, it's going to hit your credit. So I guess I, I since we were talking about that with the, the credits, I can just go about like, you know, uh, things you can tell uh, collection agencies or whatever, right? They call you and you go like, okay, all right, uh, let's do a paid deletion, right? So that, yeah. that's, a, that's an option, right? To, the, to try to get rid of the debt and get it removed from your credit. Now, this doesn't work all the time. It works... Uh, uh, you know, I'll say most of the time, especially if the debt's not a high debt, you know, mm-hmm. once it's getting past like, you know, two grand or so, it's probably getting, uh, they probably get to a point where they don't want to do that. Cause I actually had something like that where I got other companies remove, uh, actually it was up to 200, uh, 2000, it was 2000 something. And they, 
I told him what I wanted to do. I said, hey, uh, I will pay you all the money if you take it off my credit. And she went and talked to her manager, came back. Yes, we'll do that. And boom, I, I knocked it out right then and there. All right. And I, I just say, like, have them send me a letter. Like, cool. All right. Now we're good to go. But then I've had something because we were talking about this earlier, right? How I just got to a point when I was working two jobs and uh, it was just getting to me. And then I was only just stay, uh, just staying above water. I wasn't really like going, uh, getting ahead. Yeah. So I, I basically, you know, as I, as I told you, I, I just said, F it. I just, I, yeah. you know, let, yeah, hey, whatever, do whatever you want. And I just let a lot of things just go bad because it was just, it was getting super stressful, which was not idea. Not, it's not a great thing to do. Lessons learned, right? I learned, I learned a lot between that time because it was actually, it forced me to do research. It forced me, which, uh, you know, that's, that's something we should, you know, let everybody know as we talk about these different financial things. You do not have to take our advice. Definitely mm-hmm. do your own research. This is yeah. only our experiences and yeah. what we've learned, you know, uh, you know, during our situation. But what I did, you know, like I said, I did that research. I basically just kept track of it. And when uh, I ha- got to a certain point, you know, I was like, okay, I got the money. I want to knock it out. But then I've gotten to a point where some of them were I was like, nah, we're not doing it. I think it was like maybe like $4,500. Mm-hmm. Like the guys trying to get on the phone and try to talk like, and I, you know, I know everyone wants instant gratification and take care of things right away and all that. And I'm like, okay, sir, let me know when you're ready and uh, I'll be here. And that's like basically how I ended the, the conversation. And I was like, I'll, or I'll talk to you next year when I have more money. That's <laughs> so like, Because you have to realize who they are. They're, they're basically people like us working a job and all they're trying to do is collect money for their company, who's the collection agency. So uh, there you don't have to accept whatever their threats are. Yeah. So, and that's why I think there's uh, a, yeah, I keep, I forget that they, they can't, I forget what it's called, but they, they can't call after certain hours of the day. Mm. And it's, it, I think it's a law. Uh, and now I, I feel like I should, <laughs> I think we should put that in the, in the, uh, the show notes now. Cause like I, <laughs> by now I mentioned it and I'm like, Oh, I can't remember what it is, but it's a certain act where they can't call after, um, after a certain time and period. And mm. uh, it, but Yes, I, I, I've had some experience with uh, with the uh, collections. Uh, not not idea, not not something I wanted. And I, the craziest part is, I had good credit at the time I, I did it. Mm. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a risk risk taker sometimes. I'm just like ah, whatever. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, hey, sometimes you got to put in those risks. Well, like kind of taking away from uh, you know dealing with collections or, or collection agencies. You know, like we said, they they do, of course, have a job to, you know, get that money that is owed, I guess, now to them instead of the original creditor. So they may come off a, a little, little uh, stoic, a little, little rough around yeah. the edges. But, you know, just, you know, keep calm, right? Like, especially if you receive a letter in the mail, you know, still keep calm. Just try to get to the bottom of it. Yeah, right. So much, for, yeah. for, for me, I, I just called them up. You know, I didn't, I actually wasn't ready for them to come at me like that, but I was like, all right, need you to stop this. I was like, I need, this is a, not a conversation. It seems like you're trying to scold me for something. I don't even know what's going on. But yeah, so I know I just got to the bottom of it, figured out what it was. It was like a old, when I, before I uh, bought a house, I used to uh, rent uh, my washer and dryer, like from different places. And I guess, 
after they took the wash and dryer the last time, they, for some reason, still had a bill under my name where they still charged me for like another month. And I just didn't understand. So, but, you know, luckily enough, I called them up. They're like, okay, that was our mistake. Um, we'll take care of it. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, granted, I probably should have uh, documented more stuff because they didn't take care of it right then and there. The collection agency was still hitting me up the like next couple months. Um, so I had to hit them up again and make sure that they actually sent the letter to the agency to, to get that removed. I mean, it, it never actually showed up on my record, but it was pretty close to it. Yeah. So yeah. And similar situation, right? A uh, little, little different, right? By I had a I had family member actually get services in her name, but I forgot that I helped out in the past. So my name was still attached to, uh, so basically it was the, the cell phone, right? It was attached mm. to the cell phone, but they purchased another service, mm. right? And that service, uh, basically she paid everything she was supposed to and did everything she was supposed to do. Uh, it was the equipment she was supposed to return. And then when she got ready to uh, return it, uh, something happened. Uh, or she just would, oh, she delayed returning it when they asked for it. That's what it was. Mm. So when she finally turned it in, they still act like they needed to, oh, they wanted to charge her because she didn't turn it in on time. Mm. All right. So I, we had just got back from Germany and mm. those same services I was uh, uh, applying for because I was thinking I might get it, but then I decided not to get it because I was like, ah, I don't want it. And it was basically, I think it was like cable or something or internet, internet. That's what it was. And they then I decided not to get it. But then next thing you know, on my credit, there was a collection. And I was like, what? And this is while I know I've been watching my credit and I have the mm. credit, right? So I was like, what? And so I ended up having to call them, find out exactly what the issue was. And it was, and it, it all came, it was, it really was a misunderstanding. Uh, it, they really, it was because, you know, the person, since that collection was under them, I was still attached to the bill. So they just uh, just went on and gave it to me too, or or just, probably just me, I don't know. And uh, and then once I uh, told them that and I disputed it, it went away. And uh, uh, and then I told my family member, I'll say, hey, you need to take my name off of it. Make sure you, uh, you know, you take care of this and let them know that I'm, I'm not, I shouldn't be part of your services. And boom, after that, clean, good to go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, that's, you know, it's stuff like that people like i said people may not uh be aware of right things yeah. just kind of happen and you know you forget things like you said you were on an account that you no longer had an association with but at some point they still pulled something mm -hmm. yeah. yeah um and you know stuff like that you know you kind of just have to kind of deal with right or 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 get to the bottom of it yeah and yeah. and figure out like the best course of action right so contact the person that actually has the the debt or the collection right? and then like you said dispute and explain the the full situation to the collection agency um and one thing i don't recommend is like paying someone to do all the things for you uh, no. right because it one it it you it's not like you can't trust them but it really doesn't cost you any money or any additional money to get rid of your collections dispute your inquiries, whatever it is, to, just to boost your credit score, it should not cost you any money. I know Experian has one of those um, Experian boost type things, but I wouldn't recommend that either. And the only reason why is because even if Experian boosts your credit scores, there's 
two other credit bureaus that may not, right? Because you have what, TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. Equifax. Yeah, right. So just because Experian itself is boosting it, the other two aren't. So that, and then most creditors may only take from one. And from what I know, I haven't had anyone really pull from my Experian credit score. So they're probably still going to pull from your TransUnion and your Equifax. And even if they pull from all three, they're going to round out or average out your credit score. Yeah. But yeah. So paying someone to do it is, I'm not going to say it's a scam, but all I'm saying is like, in my opinion, that it's kind of a, a waste of, of money if for things that you could have done yourself and that don't take a lot of time or, or effort to do. I agree with that, man. Because uh, you learn something in the process. You let somebody else do it. Uh, the chances of you repeating that same step probably will happen again. You're probably going to end up uh, mismanaging uh, your credit again. But if you took the effort of researching, finding out what you need to do, uh, understand uh, what's important, what what do they look for on your credit, all these different things, right? Then you start to, uh, you know, have that more buy-in of, mm. of your own credit. Then you're like, mm. I don't want to, I don't want to do this. I don't want to repeat all this extra looking and figuring it out again. And guess what? You'll just, all right, I'll make sure my credit is good from now on. Mm. I won't try to look for somebody to repair my credit, go through and just, because if they know how to say the right things, the dispute and all that, that is, it, you know, that's good. If you're in a pinch and you need to like, hey, I need a house. I have all these family members. I need to something, right? Something, something important like that. You go like, okay, I need my credit repaired immediately. All right, I got it. You might need some help. But learning on your own is the best way. And uh, it would also, it, it just puts you on a better path. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree. And, uh, you know, while you're kind of learning how to build your credit or, or reassessing your credit, you really like, Craig said, you figure out how to kind of keep it at a good status or, or avoid falling into the, some of those pitfalls that you may have fallen into prior, right? And as you're like, as you're reassessing your credit, if, if you have to repair your credit, whatever it is, whether that's collections, whether that's missed payments, whether that's uh, a huge number of disputes, uh, high credit limits, whatever it is, I think you should then reassess your budget, right? So kind of rolling everything back to the, to the very beginning of the kind of finance series we kind of created uh, is budgeting, right? Because at some point you do have to pay those collections. You do have to pay off those limits. You do have to make sure you're, you're still making your payments uh, if you still have debts um, in your name, right? Yeah. So reassessing your budget, where can you no longer, or where can you kind of stop spending as much money, right? Can you stop going out to restaurants as often? Can you find a different way to commute? Can you like carpool with someone else to kind of reduce your your uh, gas, especially now gas is like, what, $4 a gallon, at least here, <laughs> yeah. right? Just I can't five, imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 I can't imagine what it is everywhere else. But yeah, just find ways to to budget out or figure out what you can spend your money on towards your towards those debts that you have to pay off, right? Yeah. No, no, that is a good point. Reassessing your budget because a your spending may have led to the fact that your credit is not at the state it should be. Mm. Uh, yeah. If you can narrow that down, actually uh, figure out exactly where you were spending your money. Cause it could, and like I said, this is all, you got to do your own research. You have to do your own assessment. And we're not financial advisors. It's just things that we've learned in the process of, you know, making sure our credit stays good or rebuilding our own credit. So uh, the budget is very important. Uh, it, you, even if you don't do it every month or you do it every other month, whatever, right? Uh, it Having that mental picture of what you have coming in, going out, 
understanding, hey, the money has to come from here. There, you don't have one account where all the money comes out of some. Sometimes that helps some people. I think separating out your money to different accounts, mm-hmm. knowing that, okay, this money is meant for this. So this is playtime money. This mm-hmm. money is meant for emergencies. This money is meant for like family vacations. This money, you mm-hmm. know, different, you know, and like I said, I'm just kind of spitballing some of the, the uh, accounts I have, but those things help control the spending. Uh, it, it makes me always second guess what I'm about to buy because I go like, huh, where am I getting the money? It's like either I need to go out there and do a little quick side hustle where I, hey, I'm going to repair something for somebody or I'm going to do something, right? That, you know, so I can produce this money really quick. Hmm. But uh, the the fact no, uh, fact being, if you have these different areas where like, I only pull money for this, I only pull money for that, then you will slow down the spending. Because I'm telling you, it, it, it has me always, always stop dead in my tracks when I go like, oh yeah, let me go get, Oh, where am I getting the money? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. do I have account for that? Yeah. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Never exactly. Mind. <laughs> so it's like it's like you you be you're you're being an adult, right? You're you're yeah. the parent of yourself, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> right. It's more like you're just managing your finances in general, right? Because you know, budgeting is a small portion of managing your finances understanding yeah. your debt right understanding your debt to income ratio uh adding income or or subtracting income depending on what type of job you have especially if you're self-employed or if you have a regular employment like a w-2 job and you have a side hustle right you really need to take those into account working in taxes right F- yeah. uh, figuring those things out all that is managing your finances now kind of after you kind of reassess your budget a, a good way that people kind of reduce their debt or try to make their debts smaller is consolidating debt, right? So there are consolidation loans, or you can take out a personal loan, or some people do balance transfers, right, to to different cards, right? So that they just kind of bring out that APR to a lower rate. So, and it kind of makes them a little bit more focused on what they're paying, right? So if you have tons of different loans here and there, and they have very variable rates between them, or they have incredibly high rates, you can consolidate those into one loan, which essentially pays off those other loans and makes you one more loan just on top of it, right? So it it, it can benefit, it can also be a detriment, but it really depends on, on the situation that you're in. Yeah, so uh, consolidating is, is a good thing because it, it kind of relieves the pressure. The only, only thing with the consolidating is you know, don't get, uh, don't confuse yourself or trick yourself, right? Because once you consolidate your debt, you just, you just relieve that pressure. Now you think you have money. Uh, at that point, you don't have money, right? And mm-hmm. that's the, that's the, the trick with consolidating or the, the danger of consolidating and not facing your debts head on, like using the, the avalanche or the snowball, you know, effect. Uh, you, when you do the uh, consolidate, uh, you, you, you basically have made a put a minute. You got a loan, or you used another credit card to take whatever this debt is in bulk, and now you're making smaller payments to it. All you did was make it manageable, and now you just like told the brain, "Okay, we got more money in the budget. What can we do?" You know, instead of like yeah. uh, you know tightening down, strong, you know, uh, you know a little bit more, saying, "Hey, uh, let, let, okay, now I have free money. Where can this go? Can this go in my savings? Can this go in my so you know my retirement fund, or or can I invest with this money?" That and that's the 
that's the uh, part that has to be figured out if you're going to consolidate your debt. Yeah. And another thing, like some of them could be tricks, right? And, and I'm not saying that everyone's trying to trick you or anything. I'm not trying to be that negative or pessimistic, yeah. right? But some of them, they can. They, they'll, they'll say nice and fancy words that, hey, if you consolidate your student loans to a private student loan, then these will be your payments. These are better payments, right? And that's not always true. For example, there's there's different benefits. I can't say benefits. Different effects of, of student loans between federal and private, right? So for example, federal, since the pandemic started, federal student loans have been on a pause for both incurring interest and uh, having to make payments, right? And they just keep extending it till... August. And notice how I said federal student loans, private student loans do not have the same benefit, right? You still have to pay that creditor while this entire pandemic is going on. Granted, there's still other programs to help you like income-based repayments, stuff like that. But you have to read all the fine print of what you are consolidating and realize when those accounts go away that you consolidate, that can also hurt your credit score even more. Yeah, and I know we're talking about consolidated debts, and I did mention the avalanche and snowball. And for me, when it comes to figuring out which one I like, I, I like the avalanche. Only why, mm. only reason why I like it is because I knock it out in one fell swoop, right? So what I do is I find money in the budget, start saving, and then when you get a chance, you knock it out, right? Or say some extra money come in, uh, as they call it, a windfall, windfall of money. Yeah. Uh, and then you also, you it's same thing, take it, knock it out, and move on to the next thing. Snowball is is cool. It, it does work. Um, it's more of a mental thing because it, it's like you're you're making progress. I, mm-hmm. I, it, you can like it because of that. I, I and I've used that process before too. Uh, and it's just because you're like, okay, well, I've knocked this out. Now I'm gonna move to the next debt. I'm gonna take what I was spending on that debt and place it on the new debt and just keep rolling. And it, it it's it's kind of a mental. I won't say mental game, but like it's it, it more it helps you mentally where you're like, OK, all right, I'm doing something. I'm, mm. I'm I'm getting somewhere. See, the avalanche is more of you. You're kind of like, all right, I don't want to see this anymore. So I'm going to do whatever I can when I when I, when I can to knock that out. Uh, yeah. So I don't know about you, man, what you like about which one have you tried before? So I'm more avalanche than, than snowball. Right. So and kind of going into it. So avalanche, what that does is the way you're paying down your debt is however many accounts you have, you want to pay down the debt that has the most APR on it, right? So if you have a student loan that has 4%, you have a car loan that has 5%, and you have um, a credit card that has 15%, right? You want to pay off the one that has more of an annual percentage rate. The reason why is because that is the one that is incurring more interest on your debt. So it's just adding more debt to it, right? The snowball is similar uh, to the effect, but what it is is that you want to pay off the ones with the lower balance agnostic to whatever that APR is, right? So one is APR based off the highest, one is based off the balance, but through the lowest, right? And like Craig was saying, snowball is more of a mental thing that you're taking care of those those low-hanging fruits, but as you're going and as a snowball, right, it kind of starts building and building and building, especially but from a mental and an emotional standpoint that you are accomplishing those debts or, or finishing off those debts, right? Where avalanche is more mathematical, more strategic, right? Meaning that you know that either way, you're going to pay off the debts 
at some point, but how can you not incur more debt while you're paying it off? So I, I am more mathematical, but to each their own, of course, right? Uh, so I go through the avalanche method when I had to, to pay off debts and stuff. Um, but another way for me, and this has nothing to do with this specifically, but uh, another way that I try to kind of pay off debts is to make sure that my income isn't the only thing paying off my debts. And what that means is that my, my nine to five job isn't supposed to be used for paying off debts, right? It's supposed to be used to, to purchase assets and then those assets then pay off my debts, right? So for example, real estate, um, you could even rent out cars like Juro. You could even rent out space for storage. You could, there's a lot of opportunities nowadays that if you have something available, people can rent out parking spaces. People can rent out their garage for storage. There is an incredible amount of opportunities that you can make money from doing very little to nothing. Now, I'm not saying it's a huge amount of money. Like people even can get paid off putting decals for other companies on their cars, right? But it's it's other income that you could then prioritize towards your debts. Yeah. Yeah. So after you, you kind of get those debts in order and also get your budget uh, in place, then we you should start looking at uh, seeing if someone can help you out with uh, being a co-signer on mm. a loan. As somebody that trusts you, show them show them what you've been working on, show them what you've been doing. Right. Also, uh, you can be uh, an authorized user on someone's uh, account where they can help you also build up. Like I said, I've used that before. Uh, I've used that for uh, uh, my sister and my wife. I've used that that method to help help them build their credit. But the process is you got to have something already building, right? Like you need, you, uh, I'm sorry, you need to have your other things in order, right? You need to have your, your controlling your debts and also um, having that budget. And then once you do that, having something good on your account, uh, constantly helping you build credit, it, that will kind of help you out in the process as any of those bad debts fall off or collections fall off. In the end, you're kind of like, okay, I got this new shiny rock, which is now your credit has just blossomed because, okay, you've gotten rid of the bad things. Like after that seven years of uh, bad luck, uh, as they say, yeah, because it's because basically, yeah, it sticks on your credit for seven years. I mean, sometimes it falls off a little bit early, but majority of the time it's, it stays on there. And uh, and, and as the same, it's uh, I think we never mentioned this about uh, closed accounts, right? Certain closed accounts stick around uh, for 10 years. Mm. And that's so say if you did some mispayments in that within that process and you end up closing that account, but the account was actually in good standing. Uh, it sticks around for 10 years. So that's why you have to be careful about what, what you do, uh, with your credit and how, how you close accounts and how you, uh, you, you uh, you, you take care of things. Cause you can actually dispute those mispayments too. Uh, mm. and they'll, they'll, uh, help you out in those situations. All right. All right, man. So, uh, we're getting on down to, uh, uh frugal and cheap. Yeah, frugal and cheap. Yeah, man. Keeping, uh, old clothes or shoes just because what do you think about that yeah i don't know man so i do that all the time i mean i don't do it just because and actually while i'm sitting in my closet i'm looking at all my old clothes that i do not wear and <laughs> have not wear worn and probably will not wear ever again and i really need to get rid of this crap um but some of it is like jerseys right like like your favorite sports teams right granted i don't watch sports at all and however long and i probably won't in a while so I don't know why I still have them. And hats, dude, hats are the one that I keep forever. Even hats that are like all grungy yeah. and stuff from use. Yeah, I still use them a lot. 
Um, yeah. But I know with like socks, socks are like something that I, I hardly ever toss. But now that I've been getting to like more different socks, like like newer dress socks and stuff, then yeah, I have no use for the older socks. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do keep socks around for a while too. Yeah. Shoes are my thing. People are going to wonder, man. Like, they were like, how are you naming clothes that are in it? They're like, <laughs> we're like, how you sit? So I'm staring at it right now. Yeah, I'm <laughs> like, staring at it right now. Yeah. Man, he lives in like a, a 200 <laughs> square foot apartment. He must be like, <laughs> no, that's, that's his, his, that's his studio, his recording yeah, yeah, area. <laughs> it's nice and quiet. Nice and quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, my, my clothes, yeah, like I, I transitioned it out. I go when I buy new clothes and I take out some old clothes and we'll donate them. Mm. Uh, that, yeah, that's what, I, that, uh, what I'll end up doing. Yeah. We typically do like a spring clean, like almost, well, cause we typically move like every year. Right. So, or almost every year, I should say we had moves, but every time we moved, we would find stuff that we never wore or whatever it is. So we'll dig like a huge haul to, to Goodwill and just donate it there. Yeah. But my shoes, man, I keep I keep around until they literally start to tear up or I get them so dirty or muddy. I don't want to clean them. Yeah. And then, I, then I'll toss them. But like, uh, yeah, so I'll keep them for a while. Like I have shoes to go cut grass in. I have shoes to go the gym in or yeah. running in. I got uh, and then I got the shoes, the casual shoes for work or whatever. And then, you know, I have all these different. I still. Yeah. Now I think I, I still have some old shoes from like I say more dress shoes that I know I'm never going to wear again, but I still keep them in there. I don't know why. Yeah. I would say and, this week was like the only week I ever wore my dress shoes in like a while. Yeah. And I was like, dang, yeah. And then, uh, so this is how bad, bad I am with shoes and why I probably don't respect shoes either. There was this one pair of shoes that I just kept wearing until one day it had rained. And you know how yeah. it hardly ever rains here. And I figured out that the bottom of the shoe had like a hole or something in it. Because <laughs> I felt, and it wasn't like, I didn't step in a huge puddle. I just stepped on like some wet gravel and i was like why is there like water in my shoe and i noticed at the bottom there was a hole i was like well i guess i had to toss these down and then i have like like you said a pair of shoes to mow the grass and they're jordans yeah (laughs) so you see how you respect those shoes you're like yeah exactly (laughs) exactly they're they're freaking jordans granted i got them from somewhere like i promise you i've never bought jordans i got like two pairs of jordans and both of them I, i received from people um, they either didn't want them or, or they were just nice enough to give them to me, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I think this might be leaning towards the frugal, uh, because it, I, I think when you don't get rid of something until it actually truly expires where there's like all holy and, uh, you know, yeah, it, it, yeah just so dirty that it, they can't be cleaned or something. Right. Like that. I think that that probably does fall around the, the frugal area. Cause yeah. yeah. Cause yeah, you're getting, you're getting your full use out of it you yeah know, like yeah well oh, you're, you're getting not- more than that full use. You're, you're getting a few people's full use out of it uh, that's definitely my style too I like yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it still works yeah i will wear this until it disintegrates <laughs> yep <laughs> all right so it's not stained then i'm good with it yeah yeah all right well thank you everyone for listening This is Craig and Jay signing off the Troubleshooting Like podcast. We'll see you next week. Please like and subscribe. See you next week. All right.